Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids message of the week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experience the presence of God through this message by Apostle Kathy L. Ali. But you guys ready? Today is a new day. Today, I will be transformed by the power of God, by the presence of God, and by the word of God to never be the same. In Jesus' mighty name. There you go. You got to get that Jesus. <laughs> Amen. You can be seated. Kurt, you're so amazing. Look at that. Go ahead. How's everybody this morning? I am good. I actually, um, I'm going to read a few scriptures here, and then I'm going to ask Melanie to come up. I don't know. Um, I felt very moved during worship um, for us to really be people of prayer. This is not supposed to just be a house of worship, but it's also a house of prayer. And I think that sometimes in the busyness of life, mine included, that we can forget to take the time. And I'm not talking about, you know, your 30-second or two-minute prayer. I'm talking about travailing in prayer. I'm talking about hitting your knees and saying, God, we need an awakening. The church needs an awakening, guys. I was sitting um, at Mudpenny um, a few days ago. <laughs> Surprise, imagine that. Um, and there were a couple of gals sitting on the end of a, the community table. I was on the other end, and I was overhearing them talk. I wasn't trying to listen to their conversation, but they were speaking quite loud so that I could hear it. And they were talking about the decline in their church. And um, it's, a, it's not a small church. It's a, it's a bigger church. Um, but they were talking about how this has to stop, and they were talking to the leadership, you know, because everybody else always has the answer, right? And so they were voicing that the leadership that needed to listen to what they had to say, and I'm sitting there just cringing because I'm wanting to say something, and I'm like going, okay, just take a breath. And, um, but the crux of the whole thing was they were grieving because so many people that they know are no longer going to church, so I decided to say, hi. <laughs> and I asked, I said, do you mind if I ask what church you guys go to? And they told me, and I said, I said, I just, I'm not trying to listen to your discussion. I said, but I did hear you say something about your church declining. And I said, I'm a pastor of a church, and I can understand that. And so we got into a little bit of a discussion. And um, it's sad, but there's a song, and any of us can fall into this. And I realize I'm preaching to the choir, but it doesn't mean you're immune. It can happen to any of us. Where it becomes really easy and convenient to stay home on Sunday morning. And I'm speaking to you if you're home. And if you don't need to be home. Because you roll over. It's the morning that you get to sleep in, Right? And you can have breakfast, not have breakfast, do whatever you want. And then maybe you get up and watch it live stream. You go from watching it live stream to, you know what, we'll catch it later during the day. You go from catching it later during the day to, I'm going to catch it later in the week. You go from catching it later in the week to where you're not catching it at all. 
And I personally know several people who fall into this category. I'll say, where are you going to church? Well, nowhere right now. And, you know, the local body of Christ is God's design. It's not man's design. It's God's design. And people will say, well, have you read the book of Acts and how they went from house to house? Do you know why they went from house to house? Because they didn't have a place to gather together corporately yet. They had the temple, which was for the Jews. So it's not bad to go from house to house, but that wasn't all that you're supposed to do. God's design was that we come together, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, in corporate worship as a family. Pastor Matthew said it so perfectly. Like, here he is, his kids running up. <laughs> Hi, Sophia. Um, and, you know, grabbing onto his legs. And I'm like, this is such a picture of how God feels. He's excited when we come together. He's excited when we're worshiping together. He's, he's, he's pleased when he sees us coming together as a body of believers. It's like one, I mean, we talk, I was speaking to somebody the other day. I remember doing Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night, and then doing a small group in between. Now we do everything we can to try to fit God into this hour and a half. And please don't make it go too much longer than that because I want to make sure I get to the restaurant before everybody else does. And I'm like, God, I'm grieving up front, even in my own life. I'm examining my own life. I'm looking at my own heart, even as your pastor. I'm saying, God, are, am I just giving you my leftovers? I'm going to talk to you about that. John chapter 17, verse 1, it says, Jesus spoke these words. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you. That they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world ever was. So here's such a beautiful picture. There's so many amazing prayers in the, in, in, in the Bible. And yet here is one of the, I think, one of the most outstanding prayers that we could read in the Bible. And this is Jesus praying to his Father, not from a low place, but from an equal place. Saying, look, I have glorified you. I have finished. He hadn't even gone to the cross yet. But in his mind's eye, he knew that he was going to go to the cross and that it was finished. And so I'm thinking about Jesus saying, God, I've, I've done this. I've served you. I laid down my deity. I came and I took on the form of a servant. I lived with all of these people. I felt what they felt. I was tempted in every way that they will ever be tempted. And I did it, Father, without sin. 
I glorified you on this earth. And I was thinking about my life because I, you all should, we all should examine ourselves from time to time. Like, where am I at? How am I doing? How would I grade myself? How's my spiritual walk with God? How close am I? How known am I? Does he know me? Am I, am I giving him all of who I am? So we went out to eat to dinner, um, myself and, and Paul, Pastor Matthew and Rachel, on, um, it was Friday night. And we got into this discussion. And I, I, all of a sudden, I was like, I don't know why, but I'm craving sugar. And I'm not a sugar, I, I don't really like sugar that much. It's like, I, I, I mean, give me bread or, you know, that kind of thing. But sugar, not a big sugar fan. But I was thinking about cookies for some reason. And I thought, I would love, like, Either my favorite, right, my favorite, all-time favorite is white chocolate macadamia nut, and do not buy me any. But that's my favorite, especially if they're warm. I mean, there's nothing like a warm cookie. I'm sorry. I don't care what kind of cookie it is. It's a warm cookie. And then my second favorite, which I don't want you to get me, is um, the chocolate chip with walnuts. There's something about having nuts in a cookie. It's like, so good. So I'm like, okay. So then Matthew (laughs) starts talking about ice cream. And he's like, oh, he said, I've been eating some ice cream. (laughs) So I'm like, you've been eating some ice cream? He goes, oh, yeah. He says, I'll just stand right in front of their fridge. It's like 10 o'clock at night. I got my spoon, just eating it right out of the gallon. (laughs) And so we're like into this discussion about like cookies and ice cream and all this like stuff that we're not supposed to be doing. And I'm thinking, oh, this is so, so good. And so he goes, we leave there because they didn't, their desserts weren't impressive to us anyway. And so I'm like, nope, I'm not going to do it. <clears throat> not doing it. And so we leave. He leaves. They go to the grocery store and take a picture of the ice cream aisle. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess they're going to be having ice cream tonight. And I was thinking about that this night, and almost every time I go out to dinner, I have leftovers. I didn't have any leftovers that night. But I was thinking about this when I was reading this scripture. And I don't know how many of you like leftovers. Some of you like, a lot of people like leftovers. I don't like leftovers. I bring leftovers home and I give them to somebody else to eat. They're just, to me, it's not the same. It's like when you go out to a dinner and you're at a nice restaurant, there's something about sitting there and it's like it looks so nice on the plate, like presentation is beautiful, the ambiance. It's the whole thing. It's not just the food. I'm going there for the ambiance. I'm going there for the presentation. I'm going there because there's people around because I'm an extrovert and I'm getting charged by it. And so I'm like, this is, I like the whole experience. But then you put that food in a box it does not look the same. I don't care how you try to put that thing back onto a plate and put it in a microwave. And that microwave, it's going to be chewy. It's not going to be the same. So I'm just not a fan of leftovers. Now, cookies and ice cream. Are we doing that with God. Are we able to say what Jesus said? I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work, which hopefully not yet, because we're not there yet, which you have given me to do. Or am I just giving you my leftovers in that box I have in the fridge?
you know, at the end of the day, when you've done everything that you want to do, and we're sitting there, and we're like, oh, that's right, I should probably get a scripture or two in, or maybe I'll say a prayer before I go to sleep. I propose that that's nothing but leftovers. What would it look like in the morning if it's the first thing when it says in the Psalms? You know, Jesus said, it says, he lifted up his eyes. Jesus spoke these words, and he lifted up his eyes to heaven. Throughout scripture, you'll see that how we do in the Western world, we do what? We bow our heads and we close our eyes. They often lifted up their eyes. You'll see it in the Psalms. I lift up my eyes. Why? Because where my help comes from. They're lifting up their eyes to heaven. So Jesus is lifting up his eyes to his Father. And he's relating to him as his father. And he's saying, look, my preaching ministry is done. My healing the sick while I've been here is finished. I've been discipling the people that you've given me to disciple. And now I have glorified you upon the earth. And I'm reading this scripture. And as I'm reading it, I'm like, God... I don't know that I can say that. I can say it in bits and pieces of my life. But can I say that with my life up to now, I've glorified you? So what I found myself doing is I was reading some articles by Tim Keller. I don't know if you know who he is, but um, he's, he's talking about the need for the church to have a great spiritual awakening. And how the church attendance everywhere, everywhere, worldwide, not just in Grand Rapids, not just at the Well Church, it's not like we're isolated here, all over is in major decline. It's not because of COVID. COVID exposed what was already there. And I keep thinking about... Like, I, we can get so caught up in this secularism of this world of working and accomplishing and having success and doing all these things, like what Pastor Matthew said. And it's like, I've, I'm, I'm building my kingdom, and, and, and I'm busy, and I have so much to do. I've got to check my list off, and I like those X's on my boxes. I'm like, oh, that just, like, releases endorphins. I'm like, oh, another one, another one, another one, another one. And that's all great. And there's nothing wrong with any of that because God said, occupy until I come. So we should definitely be occupying. But what are we occupying for? We should be also building his kingdom. Are we so busy during the day that we forget to touch the people that are around us? Is it just an event that when we have somebody come in, we do city quake, and then we have the aftershock, and so now everybody's stirred up for three or four or five or six weeks, and then all of a sudden that starts to wane. And then we go back to our life, checking off our boxes and giving God our leftovers. What happened to the hunger? What happened? You may be saying, oh, but I'm sitting here. That's a good, I'm glad that you are. How many feel like you could be more, you could increase your hunger for the things of God? Raise your hand. Absolutely. 
There's so much that we could be doing. I was having a conversation with somebody. We were talking about COVID and how it shut everything down and the churches shut down. And it was like the very thing that we're supposed to do is in the midst of crisis, we're supposed to go and help people. And we were told we couldn't. It was such an oxymoron. And yet so many of us shrunk back in fear. And the scripture just kept coming up over and over and over and over. Do not give in a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound and well-balanced mind. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound and well-balanced mind. Did somebody just say, well done? That was so cute. take that even if it's from a little one John chapter 17 verse 6 I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of your world they were yours you gave them to me and they have kept your word now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you for I have given them the words which you have given me And they have received them, and they've known them, surely, that I have come forth from you, that they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them, but I I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all of mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those you have given me, that they may be one as we are. I want to stop there for just a second. Remember, this is one of Jesus' last prayers as he's interacting with the Father in his last days upon the earth. And he's talking to him, again, not as someone who's down here, but someone who's on the same level as him. And he's speaking to him in a way that is like, there's, there's an intimacy. There's a, there's a connectedness. It's like, look, I have, I've been walking with you. I've, I've done all that you've, you've told me to do. I'm, I'm now asking God that you would glorify me because I have glorified you. But I'm not just asking for my sake only. I'm asking so that all the people around me and all the people that will come will know that you have lifted me up. And that I have done your will. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And I'm reading that again, and I don't know if maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Maybe God's just got his finger on me, and the rest of you are amazing. But I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, am I hated by the world? Do they even, like, know? Do I look the same? Do I act the same? Do I speak the same?
Sei lá. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. For they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they may also be sanctified by the truth. Verse 20, I do not pray for these alone. This is where we come in. But for also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. And I said, God, what is the glory that you gave them? The glory is, again, remember we've been talking over and over and over. It is the person of the Holy Spirit. How do we become one with one another? It's not because we agree. It's because we house the Holy Spirit within us. We become one because of the Spirit of the living God. How do we become the body of Christ? It's not just because we made a confession. It's because we made a confession and we are walking with him and we know him because it says our salvation is because we are known by him and because he knows us and then we have the Holy Spirit that abides within us that Holy Spirit is what makes us a family and you know that you know how do we become one then when you are when you're when you're at home and you're we're going to have a family meeting after this and we're going to be talking about some some things that we're, um, we're needing help with. Have you ever, when you have a home and you have people over and they're part of your family, do they just come and eat and leave? If they do, they should not come back. And not happen at my house. You come, you eat, you also going to clean up. So it's like, that's what you do, don't you? You clean up. You help each other out. I've, I've had people in my home when they see something, and I love it that Max does this especially. It's like there's something broken, and maybe I mention it. I don't know, but anyway. And then he'll fix it. It's like, why? Because we're family. And he doesn't say, oh, by the way, that was um, $4.19. I went to the hardware store to pick it up. Seriously. Because you're family. You're one. Does it mean that we agree on everything? No, but we don't have to um, don't major on the minors. Does that make sense? Let's be known for what we believe, not what we don't believe. That's what it looks like when I say be inclusive so that we're not, otherwise we just become religious. And, and all we're doing is we're coming up with our own rules and our, someday we're going to find out that we weren't all right. And someday they're going to find out they weren't all right. But none of us are going to care because we're going to be glorifying Jesus for all of eternity. Father, I desire, verse 24, that they also whom you have gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known you, that you have sent me. And I have declared to them your name, 
and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. So when we look at the love that Jesus gave, I mean, he was one, he was a, uh, a servant. There's a Bible study that they're doing in one of the small groups, and I think it was people there in um, like VSDs and leadership. It's called Well, well Done. Well done. And it's all about like servant leadership and what it looks like to serve. It's not just to be served, but to serve. And to have a lifestyle of like really laying, laying it down for other people. Where selfishness is something that we set aside. It's not that you never do things that you want to do, but it can't be your first priority. Your first priority has to be able to be, God, what, do you want to, what, what are you saying today? What, do you, what is it that you're wanting me to do? Do, you, do we ever go and ask God, do we start out our day by God? Give us those divine appointments, those divine connections that we can minister to those that are around us. Or are we so caught up in just our daily lives that we forget? Because we want to be multiplying. Say multiply. I don't want addition. How many of you got want multiplication in your life? We all want multiplication in our life, in every area of our life. And I don't mean this to sound like a hard message. It wasn't, it wasn't even my intention when I first, when I was preparing. But I was just looking. And I'm like, God, how much do we actually just give you leftovers? You know, does he get the, does he get the cookies and the, and the ice cream, the things that we are like, just like, this is so amazing. Do we give him our so amazing or are we giving him the stuff that's in the box that that presentation is never going to be able to be the same? I'm asking myself, what am I giving you, God? I know what he told me. And you just would love to know, wouldn't you? His grace is sufficient. Our salvation is not based on our works. And I'm not providing a works mentality. But we are saved for good works. So that we can glorify our Father which is in heaven just as Jesus glorified his father because he did what he was sent here to do. And we're all, we all have a call. We all have a purpose. The worship team, you guys got up here this morning with all the gifts that you've been given and you did what you were supposed to do with those gifts. You didn't just keep them to yourselves. Businessmen and women, when you're excelling in business and you're putting your hand to the plow, it's because you're doing what you're meant to do with the gifts that God has given you. Moms or dads that are staying at home, training their children, you're doing what you're supposed to do with the gift that God has given you. Whatever it is that God has put in your hands, use it to glorify him upon the earth. But let's be hungry. Let's stay hungry. Melanie, would you come up, please, and pray? That we would find a new found hunger. That's what I'm asking God. God, put in me a new hunger for the things of you. A fresh and a new. It's easy to just become, you're a Christian for so many years. And all of a sudden you're just kind of going with the flow. And you realize, wow, where's that passion and that zeal I once had? Well, I'm just a good Christian. 
Make sense? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just come to you with our hearts wide open. We say, Lord, come be Lord once again in a fresh way. We repent, God, in every way that we have lived prayerless lives. The things that we forfeited or tolerated that could be changed, but we forget to ask or we don't ask. But Lord, we come right now, we ask for a spirit of prayer to be upon us, God, as a people. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come afresh. We can't pray without you. It's super boring and weak. But God, we bring our weakness and with your spirit, God, there's so much that you do. And I just pray for a fresh, a fresh outpouring of, of the spirit of prayer upon this people, upon all of us, God. You said if we will humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways, and you spoke to your people, that was to your people, that, God, you would heal a nation. And we ask, God, that we will be those people that will pray those prayers, that healing would come, not just to our nation, God, but that the gospel would be spread through the whole world, that all the prayers of Jesus would be satisfied through our prayers, God, that we would partner with you, that you could have that satisfaction of your heart knowing that, okay, this one is speaking my word. I'm going to do it. I'm ready. May we be partners with you, available, as Pastor Kathy was praying, uh, speaking that, God, we would not give you our leftovers, but we'll give you our first, our everything, because that's what we, that's the deal. That's what you offered, and that's what we said yes to. So let today just be a, a line in the sand day and a renewal day where we just say, okay, this is where we start fresh. This is where we turn. This is where we change. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to be on this moment, be on today and anything that we feel that tomorrow morning you'll bring this to our memory. Tomorrow afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, Friday evening, that God, our time is yours. Our life is yours. And that you would, we just say right now, Holy Spirit, lay claim. Lay claim to our yes. We're giving it to you in a fresh way. We bless you and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So where does shame come from? The pit of hell. So there's no shame. Where does condemnation come from? The same place. Where does conviction come from? The Holy Spirit. Conviction always leads to righteousness. Always. Holy Spirit comes and he judges us. And it always hurts so good. It's like you get, you know how you have your children. You're like, okay, come on, let's get back in alignment. And they're like, whew. And they actually like it. They like the boundaries. They need the boundaries. They thrive with boundaries. You give kids no boundaries, and you're going to have a bunch of hellions on your hands. And they're not happy. They're crying more. They're complaining more. You give them boundaries, and they thrive. And when they get out of the boundaries and they get corrected, they don't like it. But when they come back into the boundary, they thrive. It's exactly how we are with our Father in heaven. We get out of the boundaries, and he says, okay, 
Kathy, that's cute and all. <laughs> Shakes you up, get back in alignment, and you're like, oh, wow, that feels so much better. I wasn't feeling so good over here. I thought I was, and that's what kids do. They're like, oh, they're just doing their thing, right? But they don't realize. They don't realize. You don't realize if you're in any kind of sin. It does not even have to be sin. It could just be busyness of life, which actually can be sin if you're putting God second and third and fourth or whatever. And it's like all of a sudden, it's like you don't know until God goes, chastises you, Hebrews, brings you back into alignment, and you're like, Oh, that actually, this feels better than that felt. I didn't know I wasn't feeling good over here until you brought me back into where I needed to be. Does that make sense? That's because he's a loving father. He chastises those whom he loves. If he didn't love you and I, then he would never correct us. If we didn't love our children, we would never correct them. We would just let them do whatever they want because there is a new thing nowadays anyways because you got to be their best friend. That'll get them really far. You'll raise up a generation of entitlement. You're there to train children in the way they should go. And they will love you for it when they get older. Amen. Stand to your feet. Please. Father, we will not give you our leftovers today. Every day has... its own challenges, and we're just going to talk about today. Today, God, we're giving you our first fruits. We're giving you the best that we can give you. And God, where we are weak, we're asking that you would come and make us strong. None of us are perfect. All of us are under construction. All of us are on this journey of life. And we all have weaknesses and shortcomings. And I'm just asking God that you would, your grace would be more than sufficient for us that you would help us and shine the light in the areas of our life where we need to be strengthened, where we need to come back into alignment. You're a loving father. You're not mad. You're not angry. You're not disappointed. You just want to show your children a better way so that we would come into alignment with you. We love you, Jesus. We're so grateful for all that you've done all that you continue to do. You are the great intercessor, interceding for us all the time. And we're so grateful that we get to spend eternity with you. This life is nothing but a blink of an eye. May we have heaven perspective and eternal perspective in our heart. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about the Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.